Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is the We Know Ball podcast. Today, we are teaming up with Underdog Fantasy to bring you guys an amazing deal. If you go ahead and sign up using their mobile app or their website, and you use code WKB when you sign up, they will give you a deposit match of up to $100. That is an amazing deal. So take advantage of it while you can. Sign up, use code WKB, and get on to some daily fantasy. Welcome back, everybody to the newest episode of the We Know Ball podcast. Um, today, we have a super special guest. Appreciate him coming on. We got Mike from the Through the Wire. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself for the people who don't know you. Tell us how you became a Lakers fan. Yeah, like you said, uh, Mike, I'm part of Through the Wire. Uh, been a Laker fan for as long as I enjoyed basketball. Uh, mostly just because, like, Kind of like the casual way, like I just started watching, you know, the Lakers a lot, you know, as I started getting into basketball. And then like I just really kind of adapted to like, like I got attracted to Kobe, like his, mm-hmm. his, worth, his work ethic, um, just like his mannerism on the court. Like that was just like who I wanted to be on the court, you know, as a little kid. Like I'm one of the Kobe's. I wore 24 in the jersey. And that's just how I kind of like grew that affection for the Lakers. And it just never stopped. But you once you retired, like. It was just, you know, I was blood Lakers. Right. You couldn't switch on them then. Um, yeah. Before we get into this game, can can you give your thoughts on this Lakers season so far? Mm-hmm. Like, just, we know tonight. Uh, well, you, you already know my thoughts on this season, <laughs> man. It's been terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've been keeping and up with your thoughts on the podcast, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the expectations obviously make it, you know, bad we had. You know, I'll say, what makes it worse is just like what could have been. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the beginning of the season, and you know we missed out on some, you know, re-signings. We missed out on possible signings like Demar Derozan and stuff like that. And we bring in Russell, which, you know, at the beginning of the season it was like, okay, maybe it could work because, you know, you kind of look past the fit and you think, okay, maybe just like this talent can can take us over the hump. And then you know we'll fill out the other areas, but it just never really showed up. And you know, I had a feeling like. First 20 games, like, give it some time. They might be, like, under 500. And right. just, they never really, you know, got it into a rhythm where they can get, like, four or five wins in a row. Right. Do you, I, so, in my opinion, I kind of – I don't think the team is put together that bad. Like, you guys have decent role. I have no clue what happened. I didn't watch a lot of Lakers games. It's – to me, the way they play is, is super boring. <laughs> so, it's always been hard for me to watch them play whenever – unless they're playing the Suns, but like just on paper, their team doesn't seem that bad. It just seems kind of like everyone's always having a bad game. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, like we just didn't have a recipe for winning basketball this season. Mm -hmm. Like the defense wasn't there. The offense is like I said, we hope that like a LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell kind of fill the holes on offense, but the offense just shooters weren't, you know, they were streaky, but they're not, you know, they're not hitting on every night. Um, we're one of like the, the biggest turnovers teams. So it's just like everything we do is just not catered to winning. You know? Right. We might have the big game where LeBron or somebody's going off. And like I said, that talent's going to win us games, but it's not going to pull out a seven game series against a really good team. Yeah. yeah one of the main things I noticed was like the perimeter shooting all season was not, was like never there. Obviously mm-hmm. having Westbrook and like Dwight Howard doesn't help at all, but it's like, yeah, yeah that man, was- we had, uh, like we got on Wayne Ellington on the squad and he does doesn't even not even the rotation. <laughs> you know, he's high on him. Trevor Reeves has kind of like been with I don't know, even know if he's injured anymore. He just really don't even play. Uh so like 
it's just a lot of stuff that we thought was going to be good, but it just didn't work out like that. So you just kind of have to go with it, you know? Yeah. And it's weird to have a team with LeBron and not really have the recipe to win. That's what I kind of thought was weird all season was like, I feel like LeBron turns those role play. Usually the whole conversation was he makes his teammates great. And I just, this season, it just, it didn't get turned up. And that might be just because all the time he's missed, he never could get like in a, in a, in a good flow. But mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have a lot shout of thoughts in the future. Yeah. Shout out to LeBron. LeBron he, he did everything he could. He was, th- this- he's my goat. So See, look, I'm, I'm going to say like, <laughs> he's got, I don't know, watching LeBron, like it's hard not to give him some of that blame, especially on the defensive side, but I, what is he still like he's 37 years old so it's hard to give him that credit but like he's giving us that 30 but like man i've watched him not close down on a dude and just stand on defense so many times <laughs> yeah. and, you know it's just like that that that's collateral you know lebron doesn't move another guy's missing on his assignment then it's like it just keeps adding on so like i, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for like you know it's lebron james but like everybody has to be held accountable you know for a championship quality team and it's just like it doesn't work yeah, I think I saw that stat on Twitter today that the Lakers are the slowest team getting back on defense in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I noticed that a lot the last time we played when you guys ha- were playing LeBron is if he missed a shot, he would just stand on the other side of the court and not get back at all. He would just slowly walk back up, probably like talking to the ref or talking to the bench or something. It was It's really weird for someone that great to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it just gets tiring after a while. Yeah, but um, as far as today's game goes, I don't. I was a little bit scared throughout the first half because it seemed like we couldn't pull away with anything, and then mm-hmm. and then it just seemed like Devin Booker just got in his bag and wanted to make every three he took. So, um, give him the MVP already. Am <laughs> I? I'm just, I'm just yeah. playing. I think he should be in contention though, but that just might be the bias in me. Yeah, for sure. D-book, he definitely had a vendetta. It looked like today. Yeah. It, it uh, seems like that every time he plays the Suns, though, he has something. Or every time he plays the Lakers, it seems like he has something against them. Yeah. He actually had a really good first half. I like. I actually liked what I saw from Westbrook. Uh, then it kind of went downhill a little bit. But, yeah, that's why I say you can never trust this team because they just don't – they're not going to get the stops when you need them to, and then the offense is just not good. So, Yeah, but we'll get we'll get more into the game a little bit later when, when Isaac comes. We'll deep dive into it. But for now, we're going to get into some fan questions that we had from Twitter. Um, Ari, and I don't know if you have those pulled up, if you want to yeah, ask I, a few of those. Okay, so the first question is uh, from Amir. He said, uh, when throughout your time through the wire, did you feel like you guys like really made it? Mm. I really don't even feel like we still made it. But I guess like, I guess I would say like all-star weekends, you know, we get to hang out with a lot of other like content creators and like people of higher stature. So it just like feels like we kind of belong in that group. So yeah. I would say like maybe all-star weekends, but other than that, I still don't feel like we really made it over the top. Mm-hmm. That's okay. a good answer. I like that. Yeah. Um, another question from D Ball. He says, uh, "Who's an NBA player who resembles your resembles your play style the most?" 
You guys have um, talked about this on the through the wire a lot. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just I'm a heavy shooter. I always say I'm gonna go Buddy Hill, man. Buddy Hill like Eric Gordon. Okay. Uh, from Lint, he says, "Uh, what's your best and worst hooping moment that you can remember?" Um, best is kind of stretched. I, I haven't <laughs> done anything like hooping or anything like that. But like worst, I know worst. I think freshman year, my parents had came to the game, and I had like pretty sure I missed like a game a uh, shot to tie it up. And that was like one of the few games they came to, and that's like that's what they remember me is I just missed that shot. So I always be like, damn, because they they love bringing that story up to people. Like, come on, now. why do you want to bring up the story? Where I, the I I have such similar experience because I played baseball in college, and the one time that my mom came out, um, I started that game pitching in college, and it was probably the worst game I've ever had in my life. And that was like one of the first games she's ever seen me play. So it was like it was so like embarrassing yeah. to me. It was it was so bad. <laughs> uh, we don't have too many questions. Uh, this one is also from D Ball again. Uh, what's the place you like to visit in the future? Um, well, I'd be telling everybody it sounds weird, but Colorado, man, I, I I'm a very like, that is really weird. Dude. <laughs> I know I just want to go like see the mountain ranges and stuff like like I'm a very peaceful dude. I'm not like a really big city guy type thing. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a friend from Wyoming, and he says it's 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 like that. But you forget oh, places no, like that Wyoming. or even states. <laughs> hey, uh, Montana, what is that? <laughs> um. Yeah, as far as is, are there any more questions, Arian? No. Um, if you have any questions, Arian, for for Mike, we can get into those. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to think of it on the spot. <laughs> yeah, we were we were expecting. Usually, usually our other host Isaac is like he's the he's our like conversation starter. You know, we're still trying to <laughs> gel into all that. No, you're good. It had lagged a little bit. I didn't. I didn't even hear what you guys said. Oh no, no, no yeah. Zoom, yeah, Zoom is 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 tough sometimes to go about that. <laughs> yeah, so when you guys had to switch to Zoom for like through the wire, how was that whole experience? Um, it was like all right. It wasn't the same as just like being in person, obviously, but we kind of got used to it. I feel like eventually, like after we got back like back to the the studio and everything it kind of felt like the zoom era which is like like i said it was an era in itself yeah you go back and look at videos just like we were really doing that for like a year a year and some change or just like consistently just uploading on zoom it's crazy to think that that it was that long that it lasted like that because it just i don't know covid happened like three years ago was when it started almost i know it felt <laughs> like an eternity we were doing it like we couldn't even imagine like, oh, we're going to get back in person. But like, I mean, it came back, obviously. Yeah, I know on Zoom, you guys had Javon Carter on at one point. Mm-hmm. Must have been cool talking to him. Do you guys ever plan on having any guests like in person? Uh, I think there's plans to. I don't know if it's like a priority, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we have other things we're kind of looking to do. Uh, it's just not one of our priorities right, right. now. Uh, guests would always be like a cool thing to have, but. It's just not it 
for us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are doing perfectly fine with what you're doing now. So Mm -hmm. Uh, just one question back to basketball. I just wanted to hear from a Lakers fan. I saw it on the, on the timeline a little bit. Uh, It's like, what would you grade LeBron's time so far in LA? Cause obviously he won the ring, but like as a whole, I mean, like the the ring is a big part, you know, for yeah. him to come back and get the ring. Uh, but like when I look at it as a whole, I kind of do think about like a lot of shit that's gonna happen with our future and how that's just gonna unfold. But like I said, it really hasn't unfolded. I, I haven't, I have no clue what's gonna happen. You know, I don't know if they're gonna trade Anthony Davis. They're gonna somehow pull a trade for Westbrook. I don't know if they're gonna somehow get, like I, I just don't know yet. But for what I've seen right now, the ring is a big part of it, and I really can't take that away. There's obviously some stuff that is like the defense. Like the defense is a big thing, I think, is a criticism with LeBron James. It's just like, I guess, a little bit of accountability factor. But overall, if I had to give him a grade, it'd be like an A minus. Like for overall, that ring was really big, you know, for to bring number 17 to LA. And then that was his fourth ring. And then like, you know, not too long ago, people were thinking like this, he could he could get his fifth ring. So that, that was a big moment for him once he got that fourth one. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I saw on Twitter today by uh, someone by Jake L. Fisher. I guess he's like a like an inside person for the Lakers. Um, he said that after the season, they're they're uh, parting ways with Vogel. So, um, I mean, Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers are the two potential replacements right now. So that's what he said. I mean, those are. I think those are upgraded upgrades to the coaching spot. You know, I, I like for the time Frank Vogel was there, I thought he was okay. You know, especially during that, you know, the bubble run and everything like that. But like it was the defense that really brought him, you know, that made him stand out. I thought he was a part of that like execution too, because I really liked how the Lakers executed over the past few years, you know, prior to this year at least. Mm-hmm. But like it just seems like everything kind of fell off, you know, kind of realized it felt like they really wanted to rely on just like LeBron at age 37 is still going to do this. AD, even though he's had these tic-tac injuries, he's, they just kind of relied on so much that it just kind of fell apart on him. Yeah. It's, and it's, I, I have to assume it's kind of hard to coach with three superstars on your team like that. Yeah. Like it, it's got to be hard to, to like get, especially when there's no effort. Like the yeah, whole Anthony Davis thing, there's no effort. Yeah. I mean, outside Anthony Davis, a lot of the players, and like it's just personnel. But I can't expect Carmelo to go out there and hustle, and like Malik Monk to go out there and be in the league. Like we just didn't really have the personnel. And even when we did pick up guys like Stanley Johnson and William Gabriel, it's just like they can only do so. You can only really count on them to do so much, even though they were so big for us, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like Vogel, obviously this year was bad, but like you. Uh, like Brandon was saying, it's kind of hard when your role players aren't consistent. It's kind of hard not to rely on your superstars to just try to carry all the load. Yeah. And I feel like he had trouble with the rotations because Austin Reeves was falling out of rotation somehow in some games. And it's just like the, some, the there was some nights where he was damn near like our one of our top role players, you know. And so I feel like he kind of went to like old habits. They're like, oh, maybe this can still work instead of just always kind of adapting on the fly. Yeah, it's a big what if to see if you guys did get DeRozan with how he's playing this year. Um, 
because if that did transfer over to you guys, you guys would probably be more like more of a contender at this point in the season. For sure. I mean, even having like an MVP candidate type year. Right. You know, you look at what he's doing compared to what like Westbrook was doing. And it's just like, it's not even all the way Westbrook's fault because it's just like, it's hard for you to tell him to do stuff that's not really in his game. You know, it's like you you want Russell to be Russell, but he can't do that if he doesn't have the ball kind of like dominantly. Right. Yeah, I noticed he was like in the dunker spot some games. He's sitting in the corner some games. It's just like there was never any consistency with consistency with his. Yeah, role. and that's why I was like, I know it sounded crazy, but I'm a big I was a big fan of like him trying to get him to buy into coming off the bench. You yeah. know, it sounds dumb, but like you get that that's your time to really, you know, ball out. And like I said, and they're like, if he's playing 30 plus minutes and he's trying to go like, you know, 110 miles per hour, that translates to a lot of turnovers for that Lakers team. Like give him 20 minutes where he can go out there and get, you know, 12, six and six real quick, you know, let him get into like those explosive type moments and, mm-hmm. you know, let LeBron and AD do the rest. Yeah, right. that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, like what are you gaining from putting him in the corner or putting him in the dunker spot? Cause it's like, that's not his game at all. I, I agreed with that right. earlier, like bring him off the bench because that he can just take over, do whatever he needs to do. Right. And I mean, like, you still have the option to close games. It's not like freaking Avery Bradley needs to close out a game if you're playing well. You know, your play is always going to kind of determine that. Yeah, I'm really curious as to what the future holds for Russell Westbrook because I don't think there's any way that you guys don't trade him in the offseason because I don't know what his contract looks like, but – I don't see there. I don't see any way you guys roll back with this team. I don't see how they can either. But uh, it's gonna be hard to make changes too. But if somebody's gonna make change, if somebody's gonna make change, it's gonna be the Lakers somehow. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't see who would want to take on Westbrook at this point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad to see because I, I like Westbrook, and I think that. He, he's been so good for so long. And I think that the, the first half of the season where he was so bad definitely diminished the second half because he hasn't been terrible. He has not been as he was in the first half. But there's that stigma around him now where everyone, especially on Twitter, just thinks he's the worst player on the Lakers still. Yeah, he had to face so much like just backlash this season. Like, you know how hard it's got to be when you're playing at home and like you're about to take a jump shot and the crowd's telling you, no, don't shoot. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's got to be tough. He's a, he's a mentally strong person. So like for him to kind of endure all that and like um, just kind of go through that, I, I just, you know, I'm glad to see him kind of turn it up at the end of this, uh, the second half of the season. And like he's been knocking down threes a little bit better. He's been finishing better. He's been taking care of the ball. So he's looking more like Russell. But the thing is, they were never going to get Russell, West, like the full version of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. On this game. yeah. Well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, Mike. Um, we appreciate you a ton for coming on. We really appreciate this. Um, it's definitely going to go down as one of our bigger episodes. I guarantee it. So we really appreciate that, man. Yeah, thank you. Oh, for sure, man. Oh, no problem, man. Right. Uh, thanks for having me. Yep. Peace out, bro. Thank you. Take care, bro. Enjoy your night. So, yep. I am here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I just got back. I literally, like, 
you texted me like he just left and i'm like i gotta go i like <laughs> speed walked all the way from the parking garage i'm like sweating like dude i was in a, i was in a hurry but yeah i was i was actually at the game tonight i it was a lot of fun as you probably can expect like we just love shitting on the lakers here in phoenix so i mean especially devin booker especially <laughs> devin i mean he's a he's an arizona boy through and through man like you can't like his hatred of the Lakers is something deeper that only Arizonans have. <laughs> or I guess yeah. Suns fans in general, yeah. I guess, I should, because you guys are not from Arizona, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that the, the hatred that that man has for the Lakers is so – I've never seen anything like <laughs> it. Like, from a player to a team, for no reason, too. Like, there's not yeah, even, there, like, nothing – Like, there's there. nothing against him. Like, it has to just be, like – the Lakers just pisses him off. Like, yeah, it's weird, but I'm not complaining. No, no, not at all. He he kills him every time, but, um, I don't know if you guys mentioned like this. I know you said you didn't really talk. We didn't talk about the game really at all, but today the Suns clinched 63rd win franchise record. Um, we beat the Lakers. What was the score again? Let me 121 to 110. 121 to 110, yeah. But the um, game was not that close. No, we, we didn't play any starters in the fourth quarter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little upsetting. I needed Mikel to hit a three for my bet to hit tonight, and he just didn't get in for majority of the second half of the game. So yeah, but. speaking of speaking of Mikel, um I feel like like he uh, a few months ago, he went through that like spurt where he was averaging like 19 a game, mm-hmm. and we all kind of thought he was taking like that scoring leap, but uh, that was not the case at all. Not well, not tonight, I would say. Um, I just don't think in he my, had the touches, in my opinion. Uh, he did take the scoring leap, it's that he's lost the aggressiveness recently. That and that span, he was very, very aggressive, taking a lot of shots. Uh, since then, I guess he's taken like seven, ten shots a game. He's still Actually, making. I uh, don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Because... I was gonna say his last. Like, <laughs> he's averaging still like 18 since the All Star break. He just tonight, he just didn't get any touches because yeah, Devin no, Booker was I just on completely one. disregard everything I just said about Mikel. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pull up his game log real quick. I'm looking at it right now. It's. 18, 18, 22, 20, like 11, 22, 16, 27, 11, 26. Like, I, he has the I occasional was, 11, but he's, yeah, he's I was scoring. completely wrong. I was completely I think, wrong. I think what I'm saying could still stand that he needs to be more aggressive because he, like, he's had those games where he scored more than 25, all that stuff. He can, he shows he can do it. He doesn't take that many shots. No, yeah, he, he's super efficient, which is oh, we love that for us. Yeah, literally, I'm looking at his besides the game against OKC where he was like our primary like scorer that game. I don't know if he led the team in scoring, but um, it seemed like that game as he was since Deep Book was out, Aiden was out, Crowder was out. He was getting a lot more touches, so he had 17 shots. But other than that, all these other games I'm looking at, it's 11, 9, 14. 11 10 like he yeah. he isn't putting up too many shots but he's super efficient with it so he uh i wish i could see uh 
Oh, let me use stat news. I want to see what he's averaging since the All-Star break. Because... It, it, I looked at it earlier. It's 17 and a half points. It, yeah. I don't remember like the rebounds or assists, but he made the leap. I was just, yeah, that was just a completely just basic. Can, can you see what it was prior to All-Star game? Was it like 13, 14? Probably. It has to be higher than 14 because he's averaging 14 and he's. I think it was 13 and a half. Or so. McKinley Bridges. Uh, I don't know if this will work. Um, it was, yeah, literally 13.4. Wow. Yeah. So he, he's, he's, he's literally up. Well, he's only up one point per game. If you think about it, <laughs> like yeah. from his stats now, but. Um, but we're, I like just, let's not like post all-star break is what's. Yeah. He's, he's taking that leap. Um, and uh, I'm wondering, I'm curious about Aiden. Cause I feel like his is probably about the same. Yeah. He also had a really, really good game today. Yeah, he was amazing today. 10 for 14, 22 points, 13 rebounds. What is Aiden's season average? It's like 17, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's... He's averaging 18 and a half since okay. the All-Star game. His season so average is 17 and 10. Uh, before the All-Star break, he was averaging 16 and a half. So okay. he improved too. So um... I think... This bodes very well for the Phoenix Suns that all of their best players took scoring leaps this season. <laughs> Devin Booker's averaging a career high. Uh, and then Mikel and Aiden both averaging 17 and 18 and a half, respectively. Devin Booker's averaging a career high? Or he was like a couple days ago. I think his like I, – I know he had like a bad game the other day, so it might not be – it might not anymore. But... I thought he was still at 26, and I thought his his career. Oh, oh no, his career high is, is, is 26.6. Uh, 26. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought it was higher than that. Wow. Also, Cam Johnson's averaging 13 points per game. And last on the season? Averaged, yeah. Last season he averaged nine. And the season before that he averaged nine. So he's taking a little bit of a leap. And he's averaging 12 since the all-star game. His efficiency has went up by almost 10 from three-pointer and then five from the field goal from regular. Yeah, I just – I think it's very important. And I'm even Shamit, too. I'm not going to look up his numbers, but I'm sure Shamit has improved since the All-Star break, oh, too. Oh, 100%. He's ha- he yeah. has to. <laughs> all of the Suns, like, most important players have all, like, taken a step right before the playoffs. And I know we're, like, worried – like we were, some people were starting to like worry after the last two games, but no. well, I feel like this was like the perfect bounce back game for us. Yeah, this could not have gone better. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, at least as far as I'm like concerned, the regular season is over for me. Oh yeah, I, I, could, I won't be mad I if could, they rest or anything. I could give a damn about these last three games. I really don't care. The Clippers are probably going to come out and, like, try against us tomorrow because aren't they still, like, fighting for the plane or whatever? I think they clinched it. I think they they are probably positioning maybe. Let me see. There's three games left. They'd be fighting for positioning at least, but 
Well, no, if there's three games left, they clinch the eight spot because they're four games ahead of Pelicans and six games below Timberwolves. So, oh, so they're just there. They're at the eight spot. Yeah. There's no it's way. It's a back to back. So I don't, I doubt Chris Paul will play. I doubt Aiden will play. Honest, but I mean, yeah. Honest, like if nobody ends up even playing in that game, uh, don't be surprised if you just see that game in a in a joint episode. In yeah. A few days, yeah. Because yeah. uh, if, if all the starters rest and if, yeah, there's just not really, you know. But this, as I was saying, this is the perfect bounce back game for the Suns. I almost just wish it was the last game of the season. You know, like later, like actually, mm-hmm. um, I almost wish the Lakers had just made the playoffs so that we could play them in the first round and just wash them. But see, I'm I'm on the complete opposite boat of that, and not because I just wanted the Lakers to lose. Is it was the same thing that I think of when I'm like talking football. Is you never want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs, ever. You don't. And it's not I get, the same with LeBron. I get. I get. I still get. I still, there's still that, that there's still that, you know, like I haven't fear in felt, me. I haven't felt that fear since 2019. Really, I felt it last year when we found out we we're playing the Lakers. Oh, I wasn't worried. I was I like, I, I personally wasn't worried last year. I was, I was, no, like, I was, I was all, I was Team Suns and Six, bro. I was parading that shit everywhere. Oh, I was, I was. I didn't think we were going to lose, but there's still, you're playing LeBron James. Like that's, that, that was my thought process with it. And I knew we were going to win the series. Um, It was in game one after Chris Paul went down and Booker and the crowd was just like, the crowd was dead. We were all like deflated and out of nowhere, Devin Booker just has this like, he just blazes down the court and just throws down this crazy. I know you guys know what play I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was on Anthony, not on Anthony Davis, but Anthony he Davis blew by uh, Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That play is when I knew we were going to win that series because they that play happened without Chris Paul. That's when I knew. I was like, yeah, like now I know that this team can beat the Lakers. Just and like I don't know what it was, but like. That play just filled me, filled you with so much confidence after that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of hoping for, like, either way, I'd much rather play those teams in the play-in than I would the Lakers. The, That's wild to me. This, I'm way more scared of the Clippers than the Lakers. That, yeah. I was just going to say the Clippers are the one team that that I wouldn't want to face. Um, I'm more scared than every of every play-in team than the Lakers. I, I, I'm not, I would not be scared of the Pelicans or Spurs. Playoff experience matters. Even even though it's hard to say playoff experience matters when we just went to the finals, but it it does with such such a young team like those two. Well, it matters obviously, but when it comes like experience doesn't matter if you literally like can't cohesively play as a team. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, and like when you have Frank Vogel using all of his timeouts in the first in like one quarter. Literally. This team, I'm telling you, even if this team was like the seventh seed and actually, or like the sixth seed and actually made the playoffs, they're getting swept. And the like, this team ha- has no future. I'm sorry. No, I agree. Um, that's no what we kind of talked to talked about with Mike on the first half of this episode. Um, but I was just looking 
if the Nuggets lose out their next two games and the Timberwolves win, um, the Nuggets would be in the plan. I'm going to be so mad if Jokic wins MVP. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be so upset. It, there should no reason, especially if he makes the play-in, there should be zero Dude. reason. that it would. I think it would automatically go to Embiid at that point. Dude, I will be so pissed. But isn't it? To me, I've been thinking about this today after that, what Draymond said. It's so weird. And after what KD said, it's so weird for someone to get so much love from their peers, the people who actually play the game. And then get so much hate from the fans. Yeah. yeah, Or or just the media. Like the media doesn't fucking play. No. Yeah. I was literally telling my dad about this at the game. Like players, the players love Devin Booker. If you ask NBA players about Devin Booker, they'll sing his praises all day. Literally, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Today, there's that Kevin Durant quote going around. You can literally say your favorite player's favorite player at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Damian Lillard's favorite player. Damian Lillard said it on live TV, bro. Like, Damian, I mean, uh, LeBron said that last year. LeBron said Devin Booker's one of the most underappreciated stars. He tweeted that. I know you guys remember that. Yeah, was that during All Star when he didn't when he was yeah, reserved? It was right after the, right after the yeah, All-Star. it was yeah, yeah. So I mean, Devin Booker has the respect of all the best players in the league, and the fans just refuse to see it. I don't understand it. it. Whether it be from they literally just are actually like delusional and don't think he's that good, or they're like purposefully they could. I mean, this I think it's the one, Chris Paul effect. This could just be one massive troll. And he just comes out. I've been thinking about that. I'm like, I can, I, I'm, I'm a little like, I won't be surprised if he gets a right, lot more votes than like, we thought. I feel like, especially after tonight with all the storylines going into this game and the fact that he had 32, seven and four on like, and shot six of nine from three. In three I quarters. Want to in three quarters. Emphasize that he shot six of nine from three. I think, that's very, very important to how the media is going to look at this game. Yep. I think if Devin Booker, if Devin Booker had 32 points, but he had like two threes and made like 15 field goals or whatever, I don't know how many he had tonight. I'm just guessing. He had but... 12 or 11. So if he had like 17 field goals instead of like the th- like you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be looked at differently because, and we heard it on uh, ESPN. Devin Booker's game isn't flashy enough, and that's why he's not an MVP candidate. He's so sitting I, here I, catching I, oops and 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 hitting six threes in a game. Like, yeah, he caught an alley oop too. Right? Like, Devin Booker tomorrow when this episode comes out, we'll see if I was right. People will be list by the time people listen to this, all the headlines will have already come out tomorrow morning. So we'll see if I'm right. I feel very confident about this, though. And I really do think that today's game probably earned Book a lot of love in the MVP race. You, you think that it's going to shift? I do think. I just feel like tonight was like. Do you think he can overtake Jokic in the media's eyes after tonight? No. No, I'm not saying Book's winning MVP. I just still don't think he's going to win. I just no. think tonight given the fact that like everybody just wanted the Lakers to be done and over with. I think that tonight's game will have a big effect. Like, I think he'll like, 
I guess like I don't know, like top three. If Jokic, let's I'll say this: if Jokic does drop to the play-in, then I think Booker should probably be ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But, but knowing knowing the media, if 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 the Nuggets win two or lose two straight, and the Timberwolves win two straight, Cat is going to get a shit ton of love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I just. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it before, but just the absolute shift and the shift is happening right now with coach of the year too. It's yep. happening as we speak. Yep. There's people advocating for the, I can't say his name, but the Celtics coach. Ime Udoka. Yeah. Ime Udoka. There's no reason for him to win it. No. For doing, because they're like, oh, he's been great since the All-Star break. Monty did it the whole season. Yep. I the is that he took a finals team, then they got them even better. And there's seven games or whatever. They were at one point above the rest of the NBA. Yeah, let's just say this too. James Jones needs to be executive of the year again because he just he made a finals team much better. I think yeah. um the Bulls GM is gonna win exactly. Yeah, that would make sense too. But they've fallen so much, they've gotten so much worse. They if if the um who was it? Let me I still think I still think he's gonna win it. He he made the right move, regardless. Because to be to be fair, to be a little fair to the Bulls, Lonzo is out for the season now, and Caruso has been like in and out. So we've never we had like I'm not saying they're like a contender at full strength because I don't yeah. think they are, but we never really saw them like at full strength for like an extended period of time. So Le- I do still think. So literally, if the if the Cavs would have beat. The magic, um, the other night, then it would have been a one one game in between the Bulls and the Cavs for the play in. But the Cavs lost. The Cavs lost to the Magic, yeah. But I'm saying That's they sad. were that close to being. The Cavs a fell game. off too. They did. That's crazy. Um, we kind of. I'm kind of stealing from uh, I'm, I, from the timeline. I want to. I just want to say though, I've I've mentioned. I I kind of hope Monty doesn't win Coach of the Year. Just the amount of fuel that that the because oh, the yeah, players NCAA, care the players care ten times more about Monty than they do about their own accolades. Well, and the thing is, so does Monty cares more about the team and the championship than about right. So too. no one's really but, getting hurt. So it's a win-win, really. I just so think I that see, it, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I just think that it's more in the like I don't I think coaching is more like valued than it should be. You think it's overvalued? I think so because like we were just talking about with the Lakers. I think Frank Vogel, we were talking about this with the Mike. I don't think Frank Vogel is a terrible coach, but it's really hard to coach when you don't have motivated players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I guess can, yeah, he does you he can still be, doesn't have to use like all his time out. Imagine, okay, so like what I'm saying is we know how great of a coach Monty is. Put him on the magic. They're not that much better. You know what I'm saying? Like your players yeah, matter. Guess, but your like, players matter t- 10 times more than a coach does. Like in like in, in f- uh, football, I think that like coaches are extremely overvalued because a lot of coaches have offensive and defensive coordinators. You know what I'm saying? And they still get yeah. all the slack for that. I just think it's I think it's weird to me. The thing that's different about Monty is that he's like a player's coach, obviously. Right. He makes himself very uh like I don't know. Yeah, like I think, I think yeah, the Monty, players really want to play for him. 
Monty's value as a coach uh, doesn't necessarily come from like his X's and O's. It comes from his chemistry with the team and yeah. his, his likability and his, That's- his attitude, his calmness, like everything, like just his personality is what really sells him as a coach. The, the guys trust him. Yeah. Like, and as, as an athlete myself, I like in college, I had a coach shout out to Schaefer. Cause he's probably listening. Um, favorite coach of all time. And it made me 10 times better of a player because we were like really good friends outside yeah. of baseball. We were really good friends. I've never yeah. had that with a coach and I've never been as good as I was then playing under him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I agree with your statement in that like coaches are overvalued in how they like scheme a team, mm-hmm. but I think they're undervalued in how their chemistry affects a team. I, and I so agree. in that I think that's where situation, it, it, yeah. it evens out. Yeah. So coaches are correctly valued, just not in the way you think. Yeah. Cause I think Willie green probably has the similar chemistry with the Pelicans. Yeah. So I guess, but I think that when you're looking at hiring or firing a coach, I don't think you take into account their relationship with players as much as you would team success. No, of course. Like if you're hiring a player or hiring a coach, like obviously you should hire them for like their team fit and scheme, not just like what players they like, but your coach is going to be more successful if they can connect with players. That's why I think player coaches are more, are like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. More successful a lot of the time. But like, say like with coach Vogel, we don't know, like, we don't know his relationship. Like, I'm sure there's some type of article or something came out. I don't pay attention to Lakers, so I don't know. Well, say he I mean, was a player's coach and they're they, playing like, so bad. never practiced. So, I really? Mean, how, yeah, dude. The, like, I remember seeing some like news article way earlier in the season about how the Lakers had had like three practices or something. And I'm like, <laughs> well, like, no wonder they're so bad. Like, so I don't think they. I don't even think the players really have relationships with each other, dude. Yeah. I don't think any of the Lakers players are like friends. Carmelo and LeBron. I, I guess Melo and LeBron, but like, <laughs> like well, I see, don't think looking at it from like the, the counterpoint, like Tyron Lue is like a very good coach with the X's and O's. If you see his adjustments that he always makes, no matter what who's on the court, mm-hmm. that like that's amazing. That you have taken that into accountability at all times. Because I know you saw in the Clippers last year, uh against the uh, jazz they had Terrence Mann at center or like, you know, whatever, the, whatever they do, Paul George and Kawhi go down there. They know exactly. He knows exactly what to do. He's a super underrated coach. Yeah, like he's, he's, he would probably yeah, be perfect he, for the Lakers. He gets Ty Lue, LeBron, or he coached LeBron and yeah. get the credit to LeBron. Yeah. Ty Lue uh, got, I think he had a rough start to his career by coaching a LeBron led team. And I think people didn't have a lot of respect for him because of that. And I know, I, I mean, I was one of them. When the Clippers hired him, I didn't really think anything of it. But Ty Lue is a really incredible coach. Like, he's yeah. really good. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit with Mike, but did you know that the – I'm sure you saw it on Twitter, but officially Lakers and Vogel are splitting up after the season? Oh, yeah, that came out a few days ago, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if – I saw it today, so I don't know if it came out a few days ago, but um, – Maybe it was today. I'm not really Doc sure, Rivers, yeah. Doc Rivers and Quinn Snyder are the two um, they should candidates. Get, uh, Quinn Snyder. 
Yeah, I think Quinn Snyder would be good. I don't know about Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is washed as a coach. His credibility is going down a lot. Yeah. This, you see his team. His, the Sixers are such a well-built team, but they're just severely underperforming. Yeah, dude, the Sixers with a good coach are, like, probably the best team in the league. Oh, yeah. 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 But so thank God they haven't had a good coach. For a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Doc Rivers' time in the league is probably coming to an end. Just with like, this is what I mean. He had the Clippers, which was an amazing team, like pretty well built team, and now mm-hmm. the Sixers team with an MVP candidate, and they're still just like average, not average, but like, like you know, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, they're nothing special. Yeah. So even have like they have like Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybulle. Like they have, they have the piece, the right pieces. They just they don't play well together. They they're very poorly coached. Yeah, I feel like chemistry is still kind of a thing with the Sixers too. Granted, I don't watch a lot of their games, but I don't think any Harden team has ever had good chemistry. No. Well, while we're on the topic of the Sixers, while we're on the topic of the Sixers, I played the Pacers today. Jalen Smith had himself a game tonight. He, I think he sh- he he had like nineteen and ten or something like that um, on Embiid, and I think stud. I think he had like three or four threes <laughs> in the game too. I saw Embiid's stat line too, though. That was yeah. He him and him and Tyrese Maxey went off. Yeah. I think he had like 45 and 15 or something. But you're going up against Jalen Smith. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jalen Smith is so sad, man. I wish we could have kept it. I mean, I've seen a lot of Suns fans advocating to try and bring him back this summer. Uh, which I wouldn't say no to as long as I would cheap. I would hundred percent say no. His his value's up since we had him. We could have had him at, at his extended him a rookie and paid way cheaper. He, with him playing, well, I'm not saying we have to give him a huge car. I'm saying, like, if no, he's I know, cheap. yeah, but I don't, he'll be also cheap. Don't, I don't think he'd want to come back here after being here for like two years and not getting a shot. I mean, obviously, it's not it's not under our control or under the team's control because we're a contender. I think he'd rather go to like a team just like the Pacers where you can just like start and just do whatever he needs to do, you know. Shit, he might just re sign with the Pacers, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he wants to be a backup, yeah, although. I don't know. Just the I feel like the Pacers jersey just doesn't really fit. Like it just doesn't look quite right to me. I feel like he's meant to be on a different team. Yeah, like the Rockets or something. I think he. Oh, I think he'd he'd be a perfect player for like the Nets. As weird as it is to say. Oh yeah, I, I actually kind of like that. Like with with especially with like Ben Simmons coming to the floor. Um. I think he would just mesh so well because they need rebounding. He doesn't play terrible defense. He can shoot. That's exactly yeah, what I actually, need. I actually kind of like that fit. I'm not going to lie. So that'd be I, a perfect like, player for them. I like to see him on the Pistons too, possibly because Jeremy Grant's going to leave. And if that would be him and Cade, him, Cade, Sadiq Bates together, Isaiah Stewart, I think that would be like a really good fit for him. I, okay. I just, sorry, I want to shift topics because I just thought <laughs> of something that I wanted to talk about. Um, I had a conversation on Twitter earlier today with someone about the prospect of the Suns playing the Pelicans with a healthy Zion in the first round. Is that possible? 
there was a report that came out today. Uh, I forget like who exactly said it, but there is like belief that Zion will come back for the first round. Yeah, I saw, I saw the report. Yeah, he, he'll be back. He could be back for the playoffs. Well, Not we, we have to think, though, that the Pelicans have to first beat the Spurs and then have to beat whoever loses between Timberwolves and Clippers. Yeah, but in just in this hypothetical, let's say they did that. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing the Suns and Zion's healthy. I feel like that is like all bark and no bite type thing. Like Zion being in the lineup, like looks scary, but I really actually don't think it would change the series. All I don't much. think that's it. They're not, they're not winning in seven, but I think it's, it could definitely be like in the first round, we don't want to have to play more than five games. In my opinion. I think a series against the Pelicans would go five. Right. You don't, and with us being a two seed, you with don't want or without to, Zion, by the way. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you don't want first round, you don't want to go more than five games as a two seed against whoever makes a seven seed. You're just one. playing extra games. Oh, one seed. Yeah. Seed, I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking of la- <laughs> I'm thinking last year. I don't know why. You don't want to, you don't want to have to, uh, eight seed. You don't want to have to uh, just play more games, games yeah. when, especially um, when we've been playing our starters so much towards the end of the season like yeah i i want to talk like specifically about zion what i mean does like zion getting inserted into the pelicans roster like change your opinion of them at all i mean if he's fully healthy like you said they do become like a pretty dangerous team but if we're talking a matchup with the suns i don't think it's too big of a deal because we do have deandre ayton who, when he guarded him last time, I don't think Zion did too good, like last season or whatever. Um, but we would get heavily out-rebounded. We'd probably get out-rebounded, but my, like, just my, like, thinking. Yeah. Immediately, which is, like, right off the bat, Zion is taking shots away from CJ and Brandon Ingram. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, on top of that, you are having to run schemes and plays with him that he like probably hasn't practiced because he's right. been injured. Herb Jones loses minutes as well. Herb Jones loses minutes. Uh, you have to, we have no idea where Zion's at defensively. He could be a turtle out there for all he, we know. And he could be on a minute restriction. He could be on a minute restriction. Like there are so many variables to yeah. a Zion return that just make it. I just don't think that it is a thing. I don't think that's like, oh, Zion comes back, they're going to go on a run. You know, like. Yeah, especially. A smart team would just hunt, hunt uh, switches against them. Let Zion just go guard their best player every single yeah. possession. Especially with, we were talking about chemistry earlier. <laughs> we saw all the reports that when CJ first came, like they, they didn't talk for the first two or three weeks that CJ was there. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, like, I don't think they have they would have that chemistry on the court at all. But yeah, Zion's uh, Zion's people. Those are reported like his people uh, are saying that he doesn't want to play in New Orleans. He doesn't want right. to stay. In New Orleans. So, so it's all this drama added on top. Yeah, of I'm just like he's probably just going to be out for the season, dude. Like, and yeah. then just sign somewhere else. Like, I think they're just saying that for like just to say it. I don't think he'll actually come back. Just for fun, yeah. Um, I can't like, 
I'm in playoff mode. I don't know about yeah. you guys. It's it was really hard for me to finish watching this game. I'm not it was gonna very lie. easy for me to watch. This game is very <laughs> easy to watch for me. No, I mean like the last seven minutes. Oh, when it was just the, of bench? the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was just it was just like just get this over with at this point. Yeah, I mean, watch them celebrate. Like, the Lakers hit their fake comeback, and we had all of our backups then. <laughs> yeah, there was that short period of time where they were playing their starters. Oh yeah, they cut and, it down to like ten or something. Yeah, and or it was like thirteen, I think. Yeah, was yeah, the closest like, it got. Yeah. So, oh, this weird this playoff picture doesn't have like the plan. That's kind of weird. I really hope that we get some more uh, Lundberg minutes. With we probably will. Coming. I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna start resting guys because is, is he's he's on a two way, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I think so. He's gotta be. He wouldn't get minutes in the playoffs anyway, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, he's not getting <laughs> one thing about minutes. I had a question. So Aaron Holiday kind of fell out of the rotation. Not surprising. Uh, the overtime game against the Kings, he played 23 minutes. But then the Bulls game, the uh Timberwolves game and the Lakers game and the Thunder game, he played less than like 10 minutes all every game. Um do you would do you guys would you guys know any reason why Chris Paul Chris Paul and Cam <laughs> are both playing well? Yeah, yeah. I, I expect Holiday to get at least some minutes off the bench, and he does. He gets first time. He had <laughs> five minutes last game and six minutes a game before that. Yeah, he gets some minutes off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, it's there's no room for him, which yeah, sucks, yeah. but. Yeah, you hate like, to see it, but right. also it's very comforting to know that should yeah, get, yeah. one of Chris Paul or campaign go down, you have that third, like, certain, like, uh, we are, guy. We are so deep. Like, yeah. yeah. We have a serviceable player if our backups go out, which is funny. Like, except Alfred Payton. Yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm saying, like, if, if, campaign goes out we have aaron holiday if yeah. if even ish like he could yeah. play some he ish could give you some good defensive minutes we have, we have, like beyond both eight goes out yeah we, we got the suns else? are incredibly deep yeah like and we, we're so versatile too like yeah it might be like sort of on the three guard lineups and like the, yeah cam johnson could run the two if he wanted to yeah yeah mikhail could run four Five, they do, they do that a lot where they have just – it's like Chris Paul and the three wings and DA. Mm-hmm. And they're like Mikel, Cam, and Jay aren't really playing like two, three, or four. They're just all out there. Yeah. We play very positionless basketball, honestly. There was even a lot of – Except for the – I wouldn't – okay. I wouldn't say the Suns play positionless basketball because their starting lineup is very much one, two, three, four, five. Right. But they don't play like that. You know what I'm saying? But their their offense is very fluid, and then they have a lot of lineups where it's positional. Like, well, like what I'm saying is, Jay Crowder should not be a traditional four. He's not a traditional four. You know what I'm saying? No, but he is very commonly what the four is yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. But you look like Robert Covington. Like, I guess that's the only one I can think of. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, I like there was a lineup of you know like where they run Shamit Payne. And Booker together, 
and then even yeah. like holiday or whatever. There was mm-hmm. one one game where Booker was running power forward for like a few minutes. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like campaign, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then of course you have like point book. You have the point book and wings yeah. lineup. Yep. There's that so many. One, that one's always fun. Like, and these lineups are all like all good. Yeah. Or at least or, for the most part. Do you guys remember that lineup where we had? Was it Ish at center? Yeah, yeah. against the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. That actually worked. It was so good. Yeah, the ish game. That's why I think we're very well equipped for the playoffs because we have things to combat every situation. Like, if you want to go big, you put Aiden and McGee in together. If you want to go small, you run the three guards, two guards, like whatever you need to do. But all the wings together always works no matter what. So, I think it's a thing we're – Yeah, and just about any lineup works with Chris Paul out there. So Yeah. Right, and so you could like, put out you could put out Chris Paul with Aiden McGee, Frank Kaminsky, and Biombo, and it would probably work. That'd be a dangerous pick and roll. Fucking <laughs> like we could run double pick and rolls. <laughs> just run, just run a pick and roll. All Chris Paul has to do is run towards the rim. All four centers crash. He just throws it up, and one of them's bound to catch it. Yeah, yeah. Have set up, set up, pick like three fourths away up the court. Or like a fourth way up the court, then at half court, then at the three point line. And they're all just them like cones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know what you do. What you got to do? You got to have all four of your tallest guys just like make a ring around Chris Paul, so that nobody can get. To him. He just dribbles. He can just dribble up to the three point line and just shoot open shots the whole time. <laughs> no, but the thing that's awesome about the Suns is like, if needed, like. Last case scenario, I I would trust Wainwright in a playoff game. Okay, not as like an option, let's, but him in the rotate or in the rotation, I wouldn't. Let's pause for a second. I would trust Ish Wainwright in the rotation in the first round. I guess I guess it's all like maybe the second round. It's all situational, depending who we play. Yeah, it's very situational, of course, but. Like I, like if we're in a second round series against like the freaking Warriors, and I see Ish Wayne right out there, I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, we're good. I'm gonna be like, as is making me kind of nervous. Like, yeah, the thing with him is he's not like a very good basketball player. He's a bad <laughs> to throw at Giannis if that situation happens again. He was yeah, big, he's. Uh, I I literally uh, think Ish Wayne right is literally just six fouls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just someone to be there, just to you know, be strong. I think if we had and the then, lifters, he could he can go out there and try to stop LeBron really. and hopefully hit the occasional corner three. Yeah, and like we have to think if if we just like we did it to Giannis in Game Six, he he made what like sixteen of seventeen free throws. Yeah, like and before that, he was could not hit a free throw. <laughs> just yeah. like once he hit free throw. <laughs> It's it's just unfortunate that that's the kind of game plan you have to use with Giannis because of the whistle he gets. Yep. Uh, you have really to take the own, foul. You just have to yeah, take Yeah, that's foul. really your only choice. So that's why it's so important that you have enough guys to foul him. That's why I'm very, very happy we got JaVale McGee this year. So you don't have to throw Frank Kaminsky at Giannis. Because mm-hmm. JaVale – Javel won't be able to guard him very well, but he'll foul the shit out of him. So. Yeah. I heard this. I heard this on the timeline pod, but though, but because they were saying Frank Kaminsky wasn't, and I kind of he wasn't playing terrible. No, he wasn't. Be- this before season, he got taken out of that. 
No, in the finals, yeah. Well, the finals, Monty, Monty even said he wished he, he had played him more. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's Monty what, usually knows what he's doing. So. That's what sucks is I love Frank Kaminsky as a player. I think he's serviceable. No, the thing is he's a very, very good three-point shooter. So him standing out at the key spaces out the floor so much more. Mm-hmm. Then DeAndre Ayton standing at the – obviously, I'm not saying anything about DeAndre Ayton, but, you know, him standing at the free He's definitely line, not the same three-point threat yeah, that he, Kaminsky is. Yeah. So, there's no one in the paint at all. Just do you – know, Yeah. Just, and that's what I'm saying. Of, I do want to start talking about Ayton, though, because Ayton had an incredible game today. Yeah, just, just before we get into that, if, if Dario and Kaminsky are healthy, put like finals time, I wouldn't mind throwing one of them in there to space the floor if we need it. I'm I'm gonna say no to that just because they literally Dario hasn't played basketball in a year, almost. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean Dario is a he's still getting he's getting still he's still getting shots up. You know what I'm saying? Like he's getting shots. We up just need dude. him to make a shot. That that's all no, it'd be for is just I to make a th- make threes. I don't on I defense. Don't think. It'll be, it'll right. be it wouldn't be a lineup where we need to play defense. It would be like we need to score right now space like we need yeah i just i just don't see dario being in especially not playoff game shape i just don't see it happening this year frank i could see it because he played this season Mm -hmm. but even frank i don't think is likely to be honest unless like he's healthy but he's still like i don't like what's up with him like i feel like the, the injury he has is not supposed to last this long yeah i don't know i don't know so like if he's healthy and like biombo and Javel both foul out. Then yeah, <laughs> Dario, especially because of his size, I just don't see it happening this season. I like. I just think I, it'd be you nice hate for, to, for yeah, you love to, yeah, you yeah, they would be nice. Um, and that's why I want Aiden to start shooting threes and getting better at that. But uh, to be quite honest with you, Brandon, I don't even know about Dario's future with the team after this. Oh, season. I agree. I agree. Like he's just, he kind of just got replaced unintentionally, but it's what happened. So, uh, what are you going to do about it? It's unfortunate, uh, but hopefully, I w- uh, I'm not going to like presume to just like say he's going to be gone, but I don't think he's going to be here. So, if he's gone, uh, I hope he's successful, but yeah. I just don't know that he has any more future with the Suns. Yeah, let's get into to Aiden, your yes. D, yeah Aiden point. Aiden haters, <laughs> shut. Excuse my French. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> dude. I'm tired of. I'm tired of t- people telling me that he can't do it. He's not engaged. He's not aggressive. What? He did it. He is clearly capable of turning it on when he wants to. I don't know why we're doubting him at this point. We've seen Devin Booker have bad games. We've seen Chris Paul have – Chris Paul had a bad game literally two days ago. Like – and I know the guys – the other players are out, but, like, come on. Like, the OKC was playing nobody. They were playing janitors and glass cleaners, bro. It's a game we needed him to turn up. So, I'm just really sick and tired because – these accusations are based completely baseless at this point. And they only come out like when he has that off game. 
if they were like consistently criticizing him when he was playing good, then I wouldn't have a problem with them as much. There's nothing they, to criticize like, when he's playing good. Like right, I wouldn't take like, any type they, of criticism. Like, if they kept the same energy, I'd at least respect them for holding their opinion. Yeah. But they're completely back and forth. They're just like high and low on him every other day. Like it's they have no basis for their actual accusations of him anymore. And it's he's like, yeah, it's like they don't take it, they don't take into account the matchups. Like he'll have a crazy game against Giannis and they won't say they're like, Oh, we expect that. He'll just have one bad game against Mitchell Robinson. They're they think it's like the end of the world. But it's like yeah, he, he against he he literally had an amazing he had uh he had like 30 against the Bucks, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think 30 and like 16 or something like that. If you look at his game log and like the games he performs and the games he doesn't. Uh Lakers tonight against Anthony Davis, 22 points, 13 rebounds. And then the game against the Grizzlies, where there was like a no was Steven Adams playing? I didn't watch the game. I, I um no he was not he was not so yeah so like an absolute nobody center and he had nine points warriors he had 16 and 16 people feel like he had a bad game he kind of did 35 so on I'm cat not, i'm not mad at 16 points or 16 rebounds 14 and 12 against mb that's totally respectable 35 and 14 I, like guys he performs when he's when he has to yep and that's enough that's all we need. They are way like I swear to God, Aiden. Like if Aiden plays, our last game is uh, the Kings on the we 10th. play the we play the Clippers, Jazz, and then Kings. Kings, yeah. So I mean, it, like if he plays tomorrow against the Clippers or against the Kings, which I doubt, but if he does and he has like a bad game, I swear to God, the haters are going to come out. Yeah. Like. They just find any reason, man. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. And it's like the box score watchers too. Like you have to look yeah. farther than the box score. His defense alone can take over the entire game. Whether it's you know, it's not blocks and steals even. It's just him, his presence in the paint. People don't want to drive on him. Yeah, exactly. Like he does what like like you literally just said. He does more beyond the box score. He he's a good scorer. I think once Chris Paul's gone, I and if we've resigned Chris or uh, resigned him, uh, I do strongly feel like he can average like twenty a game next to Devin Booker as the yeah. second option. I think he could do that fairly easily. Actually, it's just hard with how many options we have. Yeah, and that's why I say like after Chris Paul's gone, because Chris Paul is averaging like thirteen right now. We have like we have like six guys averaging double figures, don't we? Yeah, something it's like like that. the starting lineup in Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, I think campaign almost too. Let's see. He's got to be at like eight or nine. Yeah, I'd have to guess. Oh, he's at ten. Uh, ten point eight. So, hold on. we can count Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Is yeah. it ten? That's insane. I'm not counting Frank Kaminsky. I'm sorry. Jay Crowder's at nine point five. McGee's at nine point three. Dude, yeah, the Suns just score, bro. They're just they have we have nine players over with over eight points per game. Nine players. That's ridiculous, dude. And Shaman's at eight. Yeah. So yeah, it's the Suns are ridiculously well rounded. 
it's a it's a good problem to have too many options. <laughs> yeah, Cam Cam Johnson's shooting forty three and a half percent from three this season. Last year he shot thirty four percent, so almost a 10 percent increase. Bro, Cam Johnson is at like is absolutely a sniper, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he better see a three point contest sometime in his career. It should have been this year. It should have been this year. Shaman's almost up to 48%. 38? Yeah, 38. My bad. Well, uh, did I say 48? Yeah. I was like, damn. I meant, to say, no I meant to say 40, but I think I, I was looking at it. He's almost up to – he's at 37.8. He's almost he's almost at 40, which is a big jump when he was at like 32 earlier yeah, in the season. Yeah, Mikhail's at 37. Book's at like 38, which is fine with me. 38's pretty good. Yeah, man, I don't like – there's nothing – I mean, all you can talk about is just how good the Suns are. That's all <laughs> there really is to talk about. I do – I'm very – tomorrow for um, – if we do – whenever the next episode is, I'll say. Um, and this is something that the timeline did, so I'm kind of stealing it from them. But shout out uh, Mike Vigil and Sam Cooper. Um <laughs> I want to uh, go through like all of the Suns' potential first-round matchups and just kind of talk about not necessarily why we think the Suns would beat them, but talk about ways in which those teams could, could potentially like upset us. Mm-hmm. Is that's like that's kind of like a, that. We've been going for about an hour here, I think, and you guys already have that like interview with yeah with uh, Mike. So we'll, it's gonna be a longer we'll, episode. Yeah, we'll wrap it up here, but. Uh, Next episode, we're definitely going to be talking. We're going to delve into these uh, potential first round matchups a little more. So, uh, give give you listeners some, a little something to look forward to. There. <laughs> um, I think that's all we got for today. Um, follow the podcast uh, on all social media. We have Instagram and TikTok, um, which we'll be uh, consistently posting on within the next week or so. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of it's called WKB Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, WKB Podcast with an underscore. Uh, you can follow, find me on Twitter at Mikel Bridge, uh, Brandon at Brandon A D I E R, Arian at Arian S19. Uh, anything, any closing thoughts for you guys? No. No, I think we hit it. It's an awesome episode. Sweet. All right. Uh, in that case, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the We Know Ball podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.